The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. And uh, you can go ahead and open them to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, I started uh, last time, I started talking about the tests of discipleship. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to look at different categories in our life, different areas in our life. And, and we're to test our own, uh, uh, give, uh, give ourselves a grade in these areas. As I mentioned when I started, don't apply this to anyone next to you, across from you, anyone you know. All that I'm going to talk about, apply it to yourself your own heart and ask yourself how am I doing in these areas of my life we talked about two categories last time we talked about the first category being that of obedience how is our obedience to God how is our obedience to his word and the second area we discussed was the category of faithfulness and we talked a little bit about faithfulness and are we faithful to the Lord are we faithful to his word or are we faithful to those things that God expects of us And now today I want to look at a third category, and that is perseverance. Today, category three is going to be the category of perseverance. I don't think we've prayed yet, so let's let's pray before we go any further. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for your uh, the way that you work in our lives and the way that you affect us and influence us. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Now, as we gather together here, I pray that You would instruct us from your word through your Holy Spirit. And, Father, that we would learn some things today that would be useful to us in our attempt to live our lives to glorify you. Thank you for these things. Now we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before I start, I I, I want to make it real clear that I don't believe I've arrived in any of these areas. Um, As I always say, when when I preach a message or when I teach a lesson, I preached it or taught it to myself first. And uh, so if I say things today that make it sound like I think I know it all or, or I make it sound like perhaps I've arrived in these areas, please understand I haven't. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly amazed, constantly amazed that God would allow someone like me to do anything on his behalf. I mean, uh, I'm, just, I'm just not, uh, I'm, I'm not worthy to stand here. I'm not worthy to handle the word of God. But praise the Lord, he saved me 33 years ago, and he took a wretch, and I do mean a wretch, and, and he gave me opportunities in my life to serve him. So I'm so thankful for that. So today we're going to talk a little bit about perseverance and what it, what it really means and how we should apply it to our lives. And we're going to, we're going to grade ourselves today. About at the end of the lesson, uh, you give yourself a grade on how, is your, how are you doing in this area of perseverance in your in your walk as a disciple of Christ. Now, by perseverance, of course, we mean persistent determination, a continuing behavior in the face of difficulty or disappointment, Uh, a continuing behavior, not one that is controlled by our emotions, not one that is controlled by circumstances. Uh, Rather, it is a behavior that is consistent from day to day, moment to moment, circumstance circumstance. Uh, I asked you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. So let's look at verse number 10. Here in Ephesians chapter 6, we read, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord 
and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Uh, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I I chose to launch on, on this passage of Scripture concerning our perseverance because I want you to notice something. I want you to notice that the armor that we've been instructed to put on are those things that God gives us. Did you see that? Truth. You and I can't produce truth. Only God is truth. And only God can give us truth. Um, the, the, the helmet of salvation, we can't save ourselves. All these parts of armor that God has given us so that we might persevere are given to us by him. So we need to understand this morning as we begin to, to discuss perseverance that perseverance comes from the Lord. It's not, it's not something that that we are capable on our own of doing. It, it, it is God that enables us. It is God that empowers us to persevere. We will not persevere without the Lord, without God's doing, without his working. Now, the endurance we're talking about is a, is, is a deliberate trait. It's a deliberate behavioral trait on our part. We, we, we persevere on purpose, not by accident. But we must understand that even though it is, it, even though it is a behavioral trait, it, it stems from God. It, it emanates from the Lord, and, and that's important to understand right off the bat. Because if you try to stand in your own power, if you try to stand in your own might, guess what's going to happen? You're going to fail. You're going to fall. You're going to quit. And this is what happens to so many people. They get, they get all... They come to a church service and they hear preaching and, and, and they're moved and they're stirred and, and they leave unregenerated, but they have, a, they have a determination, they have a purpose in their heart. I need, to, I need to live better. I need to do more things. I need to get involved. But it lasts for a little while and then it dissipates. And that's because it's not from God. Perseverance is in the Lord. And, and we persevere, you persevere, I persevere because of God, not because of us. So that's real important to understand right away, is that our perseverance comes from God. Now, I want to look at three areas today that we ought to persevere, and we'll go through these with the time we have. So first of all, this morning, we need to to endure persecutions. We need to endure persecutions. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. And let's begin reading at verse number 8. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 8. We read here, All these are the beginning of sorrows. 
Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Now, don't don't misunderstand what he says there when he says, uh, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. That doesn't mean that we're saved by enduring persecution. It doesn't mean that we're saved by our perseverance. It means that because we are saved, we do persevere. You see, I, I don't, I can't read into your heart, I can't read into your mind. And thankfully, you can't read into mine either. So, I, I, all I can do is, if you tell me you're saved, all I can do is, is take you at your word, right? But there are some evidences of being saved. And enduring is one. Persevering is one of those evidences. And not just persevering for a short time, but as he says, unto the end. Unto the end. I've seen, listen, I've seen people go through some, some terrible things. And I've watched them and I've, I've observed them as their, their heart is broken and as their, 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 their mental uh, state is tested and all of these different things. Yet they, they stick it out. They don't quit. And that is an evidence of, of, salvation, of salvation. That is an evidence of true discipleship. We're, none of us are perfect here today, right? Is there, is there anyone here perfect? Aside from Brother Tabor? Anyone perfect? None of us are perfect. We're all going to fall short. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fail. The question is, do we get up and keep going? Or does that overcome us? Does that overtake us? You see, the child of God in, endures, perseveres, not because of who they are, but because of who, who he is and what he does. You understand? So we, we need to establish that right away. Now, the other thing I want to say is this. We need to endure persecutions in our, in our generation, but we don't endure much persecutions, do we? I mean, really, if you think about it. We don't, we, we don't get stretched on a rack. We don't have our tongues cut out. We don't have our eyes put out. We're not, we're not barbecued alive on a grill, burned to death. So let, let's be real, real clear here. You and I probably have never really suffered persecution. But yet, aren't we a bunch of big babies today? Huh? I mean, be honest. We're a generation of babies, whiners, complainers, wimps. Get up on Sunday morning and stub your toe. Oh, I can't go to church today. I stubbed my toe. These, listen, our forefathers went to church knowing full well that they may die for being there. So let's, let's, be, let's be real clear here. You and I, don't, we, we're not persecuted today. We may be troubled, but we're not, we're not really persecuted. Now, in some areas of this world, there are persecuted people. Brother Gary was speaking this morning about uh, Brother Mwango, and he's in the Sudan. People there are killed for their faith. They're shot. They're murdered for their faith. I remember reading a story some years back of a little girl who had a Bible. 
in an Islamic nation, and she refused to give up her Bible, so they cut off her hands. But you know what? She still carried a Bible with no hands. She clutched that little Bible and continued to live her faith for Christ. If someone comes up to us today and says, give me your Bible or I'm going to cut off your hands. I just got to wonder how many American Christians would say, cut them off. So let's understand. However, we, we do need to endure the level of persecutions that we do face. But let's don't pat ourselves on the back because we're, 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 we think that we're, we're suffering for Christ. But we will face persecutions. And these persecutions will come, I, I have, from the scripture we see three sources. First, uh, they will come at the hands of the nations. He's, he writes there in, in Ephesians, chapter, or I'm sorry, in, in our scripture, um, in Matthew chapter 24, he writes there, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now, we do suffer today. We do face persecution at the hands of the nations. You know, I thought about this this morning. I was thinking, who is the most, who is the, who, who, what group in America suffers the most infringements upon their constitutional rights? Huh? Christians do. Absolutely. In our public schools. They can, they can, they can, teach children about Islam, they can teach children communism, they can teach them homosexuality is, is an alternate lifestyle, but they can't teach about God. Huh? They can have rap music on the campus, they can bring rock bands to graduation ceremonies, but don't you dare pray. And that's all so claimed to protect their constitutional rights. Well, what about our constitutional rights? What about my right to raise my children in a school where they're taught about, uh, not evolution, but creationism in God? You know, I, I had three children. I, I put them all through private school. And I've, I, I was forced to pay taxes for an educational system I never used and wouldn't use. What about, what about that? So, yeah, the nations persecute us. They do. They, they try to close our mouths. I mean, do you think Hitler loved the Jews? I don't think. He hated them. And they've been hated throughout time. And we as Bible believers are hated as well. In my workplace, they can discuss anything they want. But don't you dare talk about religion. So we, we need to understand today we are a persecuted people and we're persecuted by the nations. But we also need to stop and understand that's existed since Jesus. And it will exist until the Lord returns. So we endure. We endure this. And, and we, go, we keep going forward. No matter what it costs us, no matter what the struggle we, we put on the whole armor of God, and we endure. And that's what we have to do as Christians. We can't compromise. We can't succumb to the pressures. We must endure. So this persecution we talked about, uh, we read about, will come at the hands of the nations. I see like six clock hands back there. Let me see. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> 
I'm going to pick the one that's furthest this way. So persecution will come at the hands of the nations. And I'm not a, I'm not a, a what do you call it? Someone who's, I'm not a defeatist. I'm not going to stand here today and say, we're beaten. Because the Lord's on our side, the victory's ours, we know this. His will shall be done. Now, we may, we may have a, a rough time, we may have some hardships from it, but we, we have confidence. But we do need to understand and we do need to be prepared that to, to, to face the, the, the persecution we're going to receive at the hands of government, at the hands of the nations. But then also in Matthew chapter 24, he talked about the persecution at the hands of the brethren. He said, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. This, this always amazed me, but I've, I've seen churches fighting one another. I've seen pastors despising another pastor as if it was their kingdom. And no one else has a right to it but them. Now, you better, you better get yourself prepared. You better, you better have that armor on. Because people who claim to be believers are going to attack you. They're going to hate you. They're going to say evil things of you. Now, let me ask you a question. Who, who is the accuser of the brethren? Anyone tell me? Satan's the accuser of the brethren, right? So, should we be accusing one another? Should we be speaking evil of one another? Should we be backbiting and devouring one another, as the scriptures say? Cannibal Christians, I call them. Eating each other alive. So we need to endure. Uh, we need to be prepared for the, these, these per, uh, persecutions that will come at the hands of other Christians. Uh, we need to expect it. Now, what do we do when they, what, what should we do if they do that? What should you do if another Christian uh, starts talking evil about you or starts, starts trying to do things to you? Well, I'll tell you what you should do. You should get out there and, and let them have it. Give them a piece of your mind. Well, don't give them too much, okay? Because you obviously don't have too much to begin with if that's your attitude. The Bible says to what? Pray for them. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Do good unto those that do evil unto you. You know what? If you find out someone's bad-mouthing you, get a nice card, sit down, and, and write them a note. Say, I love you. I'm praying for you. Uh, God bless you. And send it to them. You know what the Bible calls that? Heaping coals of fire upon their heads. Listen, we're commanded to love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. You know what? I know, as I said earlier, I'm not perfect. And in 33 years, I know I've, I've made mistakes and I've, I've offended some people. And, but, I, you know, I try to always apologize and, and try to let them know that I'm sorry. And, but don't start, don't start retaliating. Don't start heaping problems upon, upon each other. We need to know that this persecution will come. There are churches within a hundred miles of my voice that 
would love to see this church die. And, and that's a terrible thing. But we're to expect that. It's going to come. Persecution is going to come at the hand of brethren. Now, let me say this. Um, I, 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 I shudder to think that that would happen, and, and probably a lot of those people aren't really brethren. But we have to prepare and, and expect the persecution from within. But the ability, listen, the ability to overcome that, the ability to, to turn the other cheek, the ability to pray for one that's despitefully using you, that's not human nature. That's not human nature. That's divine nature. And that is the working of God in us that causes us to say, I forgive you. Because really, if we stop and think about it, how dare we not forgive them? Are you, have, you ever, have you ever done something to offend the Lord? And has he not forgiven you? So if he's forgiven us of so great of things, can't we forgive each other? For lesser things. And that's the, that has to be the attitude of the believer. We, we love one another and we need to expect the, the, the persecution that comes from other people, even those who claim to be in the family of God. So persecution will come at the hands of, of the brethren. Then next, persecution will come at the hands of false religions. And of course, this we know. So we're, we're, we're told by, uh, by, by the Lord in Matthew chapter 24, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. So the, these persecutions, we've already talked about it. How do we respond to these? Well, Matthew chapter 5, we read, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness, righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. We respond in, with kindness. We respond with love. We respond with prayer. We rejoice in the fact that we are counted worthy of Christ to suffer for his name. Now again, we don't suffer much in America. We really don't. But at times we will be heartbroken. At times people will, will work against us. And so we need to respond to this the way that the Lord did and the way that he told us to respond in love and kindness in return. <laughs> so first we're to endure persecutions and secondly we're to endure hardness. Hardness. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2 please. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're talking about perseverance, the, the quality that, that disciples of Christ possess, Persecu uh, perseverance. They don't quit. They don't give up. They don't throw in the towel. They stick it out. They stay faithful to God. They, they, they live their life to his glory and honor, regardless of what's happening around them or what's happening to them. So we endure hardness. Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Now here, Paul equates the life of the believer to that of a soldier. 
he alludes to the fact that there are good and bad soldiers. And he admonishes us to be a good soldier. And now this, of course, uh, involves hardships. Uh, there are hardships. First of all, we, we, endure the, we endure the hardship of training, the rigors of training. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 through 17, uh, we read it earlier. I'm not going to read the whole thing again. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the blessed parade of righteousness. Put on the whole armor of God, he said. Um, so there's training. When I was in the military, when I, when, I, when I was in the Air Force, we were trained. Uh, you don't just join the army and then they say, okay, well, and insert you to the middle of Iraq or Afghanistan and, and say, good luck. That's not how it works, right? You go through training. You go through, they, they, they educate you on your weaponry. They educate you on military protocol. They teach you discipline. And discipline is very important in, in war. You need to learn to obey commands. You need to be faithful to your duty. You need to trust and love and respect one another. And these are all attributes of a soldier. And we as Christians, we must endure the many hardships that are associated with training. Many Christians today fail because they're not willing to endure the hardships involved in training. They're not, they're not willing to put forth the effort and energy into growing in Christ. I mean, when, you, when you're a, an infant in Christ, you don't know everything about the Bible. By the way, I'm, I've been saved 33 years. I still don't know everything about the Scriptures, and I never will until I stand in the presence of the Lord, and he gives me complete wisdom. And even then, we won't fully understand God, because he's beyond human comprehension. But we must endure this. Uh, some of the soldiers I went through boot camp with washed out. They didn't all make it. They could not, they could not take it. They could not take the constant pressure. They could not take the, the constant strain upon their mental facilities and their physical self. They just couldn't take it. It was too much. It was more than they could endure, and they quit. Well, they wish they could quit. They got kicked out. <laughs> Uh, and such it is today for so many Christians. I see so many people get saved and get excited and get, get into church. But you know what? Wow. That's just a little bit more than I, than I was prepared to, to deal with. All the rules, all the expectations. I shouldn't say rules because there are no rules. There's just expectations. Amen. God expects us to behave in certain ways. And we, we obey him and behave that way. But there are, there are a lot of pressures involved in, in the Christian life. So, so many, Christians, many Christians quit. Many people just kind of give up. Of course, you know, Paul did say they went out from among, among us because they were not of us. Now we're back to per, that thing about perseverance. You see, children of God persevere because God enables them to persevere. When people... When people quit and, 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 and fall away from the Lord, that's a pretty clear evidence that they were never really a child of God to begin with. I've never seen, I've never seen a true believer utterly forsake the Lord. They may fall away for a time, but then the Lord brings them back. So 
as soldiers, we must endure the hardships of training. Uh, there, there are some hardships there. There's the hardship of separation. In Luke chapter 14, in verse 26, Jesus said, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And that, that's not meaning that Jesus said you've got to hate your, your mom, your dad, your wife, and your, 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 your children. He's just talking about loving them less than you love him. And at times, to be a disciple of Christ, it's going to mean separation from those that, that you love. There have been times in 33 years in the ministry that I've stood alone. No one, no one has under, understood why I was doing what I was doing. And, and there were times when I, in order to, 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 to do what I had to do, I had to endure the hardness of, of having people say, uh, step away from the separation involved. There's also the, uh, the separation from family. You know, being here in the West Coast is, is, is hard on, on my wife and I at times because we love our family. My, my mother's health is failing. My, my father's not so healthy anymore. Uh, and it's not easy for me to get back there to see him. And over the years, I've, I've never regretted coming here because I believe this is where the Lord wanted me. But there, there, is, there is a hardship there. Amen? And many of you feel the same thing because your families are, are far away. But we do what we do because we believe this is the Lord's will for us. This is what God wants us to do. And therefore, we have to endure those hardships. There's the hardship of, of, of suffering. In Psalm 30, verses uh, 2 through 5, David writes, O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. War is a horrible sight. I've never been through war. I've only, I've only seen it in pictorials or, or books or things like that. I've never experienced the battlefield. Uh, my father did. And several of my uncles did. And war is a horrible place. And by the way, I don't think war belongs in the American living rooms. We've, I can't stand these reporters on the spot filming everything that happens. Uh, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but war is, war is distasteful. It's disturbing. And, and the average person can't handle it. And we endanger the lives of many young American men and women simply because... We have a desire to, to be there. But war is a horrible sight. And the soldier who must endure these things is going to suffer. He will suffer physically. Soldiers in, in, on the battlefield in war often, often deal with hunger and sickness, injury, disease, and death all around them. He will suffer emotionally. Seeing all of the carnage of war and all of the, all of the things that, that take place that the human heart and mind, it's not natural to, to observe and, and see these things. But he has to endure. 
If he doesn't endure, he'll die. David knew this when he wrote Psalm 30. He cried unto the Lord. And, and when we are at our lowest moments, we too must learn to call upon the Lord and lean upon the Lord for our help. Uh, you know, if you, if you haven't suffered as through life, and I mean, when I, mean, when I say suffer, I mean dealt with hardships and disappointments and failure. If you haven't had that experience in your Christian life, you will. You will. And when you do, you better look unto the Lord for your help. David wrote in Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And David, what David is saying is that in times of trouble, in times of turmoil, he looks to one place for his help. And that is he looks to the heavens. He looks to the Lord. And he seeks his help from God and God alone. How's your daily, how's your daily prayer life? How's your daily walk with God? These are the things that, that give us strength. When we spend time with God. When do you, when do you suppose we make mistakes? I, I, must, I have to hurry. But when do you think we make mistakes? It's when we're away from the Lord. That's when we make mistakes. If you look back through your life at every mistake you made, it's at a time when you weren't close to God. Stay close to the Lord. Lean upon him. Trust him. And then lastly, we must endure chastening. And I don't have time to develop this point, but let me just say just a couple of things. First of all, do not get angry when, you, when, when the, the preaching or the preacher corrects you. You know, if the pastor, if the pastor preaches something that rubs you the wrong way, like they used to say, if it rubs the cat the wrong way, turn the cat around. Okay? Don't get angry when, when preaching convicts you, when, when the pastor's preaching convicts you. And also, don't get angry when you're convicted by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord that you have the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord that God is trying to correct you. So we must endure chastening. And as I said, I don't have time to develop that. But let me just close with this. Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Perseverance, just, just, just hang in there. Don't give up. Don't quit. Make, make quit not an option. All right, folks, that's all the time I have. I hope this was helpful to you. Thank you for coming in your dismissal. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.